0: danger is such an important part of monster movies disaster movies and action movies in the past you have said to me that if things are too cgie then it completely disconnects you from the danger and removes the tension Correct. specifically you were talking about tintin right the the one that i i remember was you were watching tintin and you said it's the fact that everything is motion capture and it's all very realistic and all of that but it's still cg means that all of that danger is removed. Like I don't feel the characters are ever in any real danger.
1: Right. It's the it's the the sort of midway point between actually doing something in live action mm-hmm. or or having your brain accept the fact that it's completely animation.
0: It's the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. While that's a fully animated movie, you've also said this to me about other movies, you know, live yeah. action movies Uncharted, where Uncharted, hello. Uncharted, where everything is so clearly green screen, CGI and all that 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 there is no stunt happening there's no there's no real danger to the characters like when you watch tom cruise getting slammed into a car yeah or you know he uh, an airplane is taking off and he's holding on to it or he's climbing up the side of a very very big building you know he's doing it for real right right so my question here is what movies have you really been taken out of by the lack of tangible danger and what movies have really succeeded in putting you in the situation and giving you like that, that spine tingling feeling of, you know, being, being in a very perilous situation with a character? None. <laughs> would, you, would you like <laughs> me to tell you mine? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, Go fine. Ahead. Um, so I was actually thinking about Jurassic Park. Um, well, obviously, because that's the episode that we're doing. Right. Um, but I was, thinking, I was thinking about the the animatronic T-Rex, you know, coming down on the car and, yeah. you know, there's the teeth and, and you can see that they're very closely interacting with them. And that there's this great moment where the animatronic T-Rex comes down to the window and Lex points the flashlight in its eye. And when the pupil dilates in that moment... There's a, it, it's 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 noticed this movement, yeah. And there's a it, there's a danger and an interaction there with with what's going on that's very tangible. So that that always makes me go all spine tingly. Um, things that have made me feel less so, and if we're talking about this series in particular, is um, Jurassic Park three. They've come to like this very very long fence, like electrical fence that's off. Um, and, you know, the the dinosaur is behind them and it breaks... Spinosaurus? Spinosaurus, whatever the flip. Um, And they find a hole in the fence and they go through and then suddenly the dinosaur breaks through the fence. And there's a shot where they run into a hut or building and they close the door and you can see the dinosaur closing in on them as they're closing the door but there is the danger there is just seeping out of the scene as it's as it's progressing so right. that's like for me
1: the issue with uh, Jurassic Park 3 is that they it's so frenetic and mm-hmm. fast that they don't give any time whatsoever there's to the no tension. tension yeah yeah uh, to sort of build because, or anything
0: because that moment in Jurassic Park 1 where the where the T-Rex is like you know ripping the car apart that's CG But they've earned that CG moment. I'm already invested in the danger of it, not only because it's such very successful CGI, um, but also, you know, the fact that they had that whole thing where it was animatronic first in the close-up shots and in the interacting shots with the actors. So, yeah,
1: pretty cool. So, I I got a couple of examples of movies that used practical effects or practical stunts that uh that made me feel the danger. Mm-hmm. For example, there's that shot in uh Mission Impossible Ghost yeah. Protocol where Tom Cruise starts to go out onto the ledge and the camera yeah, follows him yeah, yeah. and then you get um, and then tilts feeling. down so that you see the entire building from a bird's eye view. Are you afraid of heights? Yes, I am. I am as well. Like, yeah, I'm So of that that I saw that in the cinema, and you know, you get that like that sort of tension in your feet. Yeah, and it kind yeah. of travels up to your calves, and like you, get, and you then get it in the pit of your stomach. And, and, yeah, and you're, you, know, your your sphincter tightens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. to say that in a non kind of
0: oh sorry non rude way. Please no, no, continue no, no, no. Be sp- better than Sphincter
1: me. is a is a perfect is a perfect way to describe that. What That's were the you clinical going to say? I was going to say my my butthole contracts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because it's said butthole, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway,
1: there's also that moment that I've talked about many times that I'm not sure if it's uh, if they've added in the cars, like um, you know, there's that scene in Baby Driver when he reverses. They added in a car they added in a, truck. In a truck there to make it look like he was a, he could have crashed into something if he was. not Yeah, like so he scared. makes it right by the skin yeah, of his yeah. teeth. So there's that moment in Casino Royale at the airport where he jumps off Between the the, uh, it's the, the a petrol a pr- truck it's practical. and he rolls away. But I think that they may have edged those cars closer together to make it look like he was about to get run over. Cause I really want that to be I mean, a practical I mean, shot. It's me too. So, but like, it's so beautiful. But like Every an, time an inch, I go Ugh. an inch of a mistake and that stunt man's head would have been watermelon. Yeah. Um, like really like that, that, that scene, I saw it in the cinema and, and side like heard me go, like that, but because you, every I,
0: time we watch it, and every it, time I watch
1: well. it, because I saw it in the trailer, and I've seen it so many times. But in context, yeah. it always makes me catch my
0: breath. It's yeah, it's
1: so amazing, and that is the power of a practical stunt. Yeah, um, and also
0: the build-up of tension. Right, it's about or, proper scene blocking as well, yeah. because if you have like an action scene that's properly blocked and and clearly, yeah. you know, if the camera is like shaking all over the place and everything and, and it's, is not close CG, up and everything's, and everything's blurry, everything's, yeah, yeah, and then and you have like it's very clearly the actor and he's like. You know about it. They set it up that these two things are are coming towards each other, and he has to jump off. And like, right. they, you know, it's it's very clear what the outcome needs to be. Right. But the fact that he makes it through those two is using, like very. Yeah,
1: it's like using the visual language of yeah. cinema to sort of to elicit an emotion, which exactly. is what it's what cinema is supposed do. to do. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's not the actor doing the stunts, like for example, the uh, the Hercules in um, in The Living Daylights. Yeah. You've got these two stuntmen hanging out the back of a plane. Uh, you know, that's an incredible stunt, even to this day you yeah. know with all of the stuff that Tom Cruise has done since and and uh, and many other stuntmen and women in the in the film industry that is still a, a breathtaking stunt yeah. because they were hanging out the back of a, of a Hercules um, and to counter that uh, my wife and I watched uh, Uncharted the other night yeah and that is a plain sequence that is obviously inspired by The Living Daylights and is almost entirely green screen and CG. Yeah. And it just... There's there's always a moment where you have a CG stuntman that does a flip in the air and the camera kind of flips with them and it always looks
0: like kind of rubbery. It's really funny because I think in the game, that scene is also very heavily... Um in uncharted 3 it's it's very heavily based off of that you can tell the living daylights from the the yellow sort of um uh, uh ladder like thing right. that covers the the crates that you can use to climb up and, right. and climb back into the plane after you've fallen out like there's there's a lot of that stuff and and he's also it's in the uh it's i think it's in yemen that whole level the whole sequence um, yeah, is, and, so and, you, and so you and have so like the like, sand,
1: dunes, uh, down the sand dunes down below. Sand dunes down below.
0: It's it's very heavily obviously based off of The Living Daylights, and then to have it like translated into into again into movie form, it's like Broken Telephone. It's it's right. very um, disconcerting to watch that right. scene for me. I I found the whole experience of watching Uncharted. Forget this whole like danger, no danger thing. There is absolutely there are no stakes in that movie whatsoever. Right. But I just, it was such a surreal. You came to it clean. You have you've only. I seen, came to it
1: clean, and I enjoyed it for what it was. Was, but I was able to see exactly, you know, the the kind of yeah. um, fluffy popcorn entertainment that it is. That it's like it's sort of the lowest common denominator of that. But at the same time, I really like Tom Holland, which brings me to uh, to the to the other side of it, which is that there is a lot of that kind of artificiality in Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, but because it's all so. Fantastic yeah, and out there, and whatnot. you know, Magic. so you can accept it. Yeah, um, so it is about the but, but there setting is, and the yeah, it's about context the themes. Yeah, and there's also the uh, but there's a, there's a moment in uh, in Spider-Man: Far From Home where the water elemental um, kind of crashes down on Tom Holland and pushes him up against the yeah. uh, up against the, uh, the the sort of bridge railing, mm-hmm. um, and he actually did that. Yeah, he got yanked back on a wire and had a, a wave of water like dumped on him
0: yeah he does his own stunts in yeah. All of his movies. and yeah
1: and i and i yeah. and that that was enough for me to make it to to give it some kind of weight
0: i want to see a movie where tom holland and tom cruise do you know stunts together that'd be awesome right. um so yeah i, I mean the,
1: there are there are a lot of movies a lot of recent movies that that sort of rely on those kinds of sort of cg stunt men and cg environments etc etc that you know like for example Superman the original Superman movie um, and even Superman Returns uh, were you know an actor you know Brandon Routh an actor? Brandon routh or Christopher Reeve that are in a harness on a on a blue screen or a green screen yeah. and um and you have that connection with a with a real physical person that they're flying yeah which gives the audience that feeling of flying it gives that that fantasy of like I'm in the air with them whereas all of the stuff that unfortunately that's the way I feel because a lot of people really love the uh, the Hans Zimmer track flight and they love that whole moment in Man of Steel where Henry Cavill starts flying but I did. I didn't feel any connection with that because most of the time it was a CG stuntman flying.
0: Yeah, it was, it, it's, um... I, I'm kind of uh, conflicted on that one because the scene is very affecting for me just because of how it's the first time we've ever seen Superman flying at the speeds that he should be speeding at. Right. Like, you know, apart from Brandon Ralph crashing through the airplane wing, which is the most spine-tingling Superman movie ever committed to film, and I right. stand by that. Um. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I hate that meme. Um <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's still like really it, even though it's it's uh it's very CGI. It's the speed of it and the emotion of the music is is I'm I'm there in that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just thought I'd ask that question and I think oh, it's cool. a very a nice nice conversation. Yeah, I thought so. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Jurassic Park movies, starting with Jurassic Park, moving on to the Lost World Jurassic Park, then Jurassic Park Three. Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and Jurassic World Dominion. We've got news, games, trivia, and VFX talk. It's all coming up right here on What's Our Seed Number. Let's have, have an, an episode. episode. You fuck it. What's our seat number? Hello, and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the only podcast around that is not only worried about whether or not it could, it stops to think if it should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even bothering to change it. I know I said last week I was gonna redo it, but I'm not doing it. Mine, I worked on it last night. I deserve to have my say as well. My name is Simon, you can call me Si. I'm a 3D artist and game developer and not concerned with the butterfly effect. You know, a butterfly can flap its wings in Peking, and in Central Park you get rain instead of sunshine. Why? I was little I'm sure before watching movies, I was able to form a coherent thought that didn't involve a quote from Jurassic Park somehow. And with me, as always, is the only man on the planet who doesn't need to check underneath all of the dinosaurs' skirts to make sure that they're female, who doesn't say the magic words and hates this hacker crap. He is definitely a clever girl who spared no expense. It's filming Make a podcast around my brother Johnny Gross. Hello, John. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. I just feel it's a flow from A to Z. It was very
1: good, very good, very good. Um, uh, very good. Uh, uh, I don't know. Don't start good. that again. Um, I'm not doing movie news this week. Movie news. Uh,
0: movie- <laughs> it's three weeks in a row. You yes. can get it together.
1: I'm not doing movie news this week uh, because I'm only going to talk about Morbius. So. Let's do the tagline game. And as we did with the Batman episode, I'm going to give you six taglines that you're going to have to arrange in the correct order.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Just before we uh, get into this. Yes. For all of you listening, right, just very, very simply put, that opening that I did where I spoke about what Jurassic Park movies were going to do. I don't know if Johnny managed to cleverly edit it together in a way that makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I bloopered my way through that. It took about ten <laughs> minutes. I kept on screwing it up. I kept on doing it. So the 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 ability to speak is not with me today. So um so this is gonna be uh this is gonna be a thing. Go
1: on. Yeah. Strap in, everyone. It's gonna be interesting. I will give you a bunch, and uh, you need to put them in the correct order uh, of uh, which which Jurassic Park movie it is. Yeah. Um. Okay. <clears throat> So your first one is something has survived. Mm -hmm. The park is open. Mm -hmm. This time, it's not just a walk in the park. Mm. An adventure 65 million years in the making. Mm. The epic conclusion of the Jurassic era. Off the island into your home. Okay.
0: So I think the one about 65 million years in the making is probably the first one. Correct. The one about into your home is probably Fallen Kingdom. Correct. And then something has survived, I think is the lost world. Correct. Okay. Hot. Damn, you're on fire. What else? What else was
1: there? What am I missing?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, the park is open. Park is open. The epic conclusion so of I think, the Jurassic wait, era. Maybe
0: the park is open is Jurassic World.
1: <laughs> Correct. Okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, this time it's not just a walk in the park.
0: This time it's not just a walk in the park. I'm guessing Jurassic Park 3.
2: Correct.
1: Which leaves us with the epic conclusion of the Jurassic Deming. era, which is... Very well done. Thank you, you. You got full marks on that one. That Yay. was that was very, very, very skilled. My doubloons, please. Your doubloons. Very well done. Uh, that was Thank the, you. That was the tagline game. Let's talk first um, about all the movies as a whole. Okay. I would like to first figure out exactly where you're holding in terms of your ranking. Oh. Yeah. So uh, so we've got six movies. Uh, uh-huh. Put them in order of preference. Number five.
0: Oh, starting from the worst to the best. Yes. I guess Dominion at the end. Okay. Okay. I mean, I still enjoyed it more than Fallen Kingdom, but Fallen Kingdom does have more going for it, unfortunately. Right. Okay. And then maybe... Number five is... Fallen totally Kingdom, even. right? Number three, four. as in Jurassic Park 3. You're right. Um, then Jurassic World, then The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and then Jurassic Park.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Is that exactly your list? Nice. <laughs> 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 Very good.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, obviously, Yay. yeah, I, I think the first two Jurassic Park movies, having been directed by Spielberg, they're in a in a league of their own, as it were. And then comes Jurassic World, which I think is a hair better than Jurassic Park 3 um and then uh, and then the other two are just uh, they're at the bottom of the pile i'm afraid but yeah. um i think in general i will say this that due to to people like chris pratt um they're just it's it's a very entertaining franchise just yeah. in general so i can sit down and watch any of the jurassic park movies and be entertained yeah they Grumbling all do aside, what they're supposed to do yeah they all do what they're supposed to do
0: i'd like to talk about the first trilogy like one, two, three. Mm-hmm. But because the third one is so disjointed, we'll really talk about the first two and then the third one as an add-on.
1: Okay, so let's start with context. Okay. All right. So I didn't see Jurassic Park when it came out originally in 93. I would have been 10 years old. It would have been perfect. It would have been perfect for me. I, I remember seeing lots and lots of...
2: Tss. Soda. Soda.
1: I remember that, uh, that I saw a lot of uh, advertising. There were those like sort of McDonald's ads that they had for, yeah. the, for the little toys. Um, there, were, there were lunch boxes. There were trailers, all sorts of things that, uh, that came out. And I just wasn't particularly interested. I don't think dinosaurs were a thing for me when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so I got a bunch of VHS tapes from our brother-in-law. Uh, And I would say around about 96, 97. Mm -hmm. So so he gave me Top Gun. Yeah. He gave me Mission Impossible. And he gave me Jurassic Park. And chucking that VHS in was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I sat there from beginning to end, completely entranced. Yeah. Sweaty palms all the way through. Yeah. Because I was like, I was a fairly young kid. And it's like, it's basically a horror movie. It's a monster movie.
0: Yeah. What's going to happen to the goat?
1: And and I just thought that it was uh, that it was masterful. I, I really loved it. And I think if I'm not mistaken, the first thing I did after finishing it was rewind it and watch it again. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that same time, that same time, much? around the same time, Lost World Jurassic Park came out, mm-hmm. and I went to it. Was, that was in that that sort of uh, period when I was going to the Bellevue by myself, the Bellevue Cinema. And uh, and I think that I, I watched it as a sort of a secondary choice because I wanted to go and see Conspiracy Theory, mm-hmm. but that was a 15 and I was... 14
2: <gasps> go, yeah.
1: yeah and i wasn't allowed in so i said well, fine just give me a ticket to the lost world then <laughs> and um and i sat in the, the it was a big cinema at the time before they split it up into into more screens and made it like more of a multiplex but it was that the the uh the screening rooms were very large large enough that there was a gallery and i sat in the gallery and i watched this movie and i was again completely entranced
0: I'm not surprised it's a uh, it's a uh... Yeah. It's just an incredible movie.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that um, the Lost World doesn't get enough credit. First of all, Janusz Kaminski comes in to shoot it. He's the cinematographer of that movie. And it's a very starkly different look to the first yeah. Jurassic Park. It's a lot darker. And a lot darker, definitely More a lot greens. darker. And there's you've got like, those like dreams. sort of blooming highlights as well mm-hmm. that he likes to do. You see that a lot in things like Catch Me If You Can and uh, and uh, Terminal. It's like very dreamlike uh, yeah. quality to them. And um, and I think that was the first time that he worked with him was Schindler's List, which was '93 as well. Um, so uh, so by the time they got around to '97, it was like, well, he's my go-to cinematographer. So mm. you know, that's the uh, that's the look that this is going to be, and it gives it a very different kind of feeling. Yeah. And I think that for a sequel, that's what you need. Um, and I just remember that like there were certain scenes that were that were very very intense for me, and I. Thought that while Jeff Goldblum in the first movie is very much a comedic character um, And he has a few heroic moments in this movie. He is entirely he's haunted and he's uh, and he's traumatized and he's 100% hundred percent the hero. Mm-hmm. And he he doesn't get to do that in a lot of other movies that he's in. So um so yeah, so I I, I really, really, really like that movie. Floors, Warts, and yeah. all I that's my context. I remember going to see Jurassic Park three when I was on my uh my Israel trip when I was eighteen. Um and it was I, I remember that there, <laughs> there was this girl who was dating or thought she was dating my best friend at the on the in the group mm-hmm. and um and he wasn't particularly interested in her so she was trying to make him jealous so she was hanging off me the entire time the entire trip she was like hanging off my arm mm-hmm. and she insisted on sitting next to me during Jurassic Park 3 and I, I don't know we said this before in the intro that there's a lack of tension in Jurassic yeah, Park 3 yeah. so whereas i may have jumped a couple of times during the Spielberg Jurassic Parks during this movie there wasn't a single jump and she was like Grabbing my arm and screaming at every single dinosaur appearance. And I was just like,
0: please get off me. I wasn't interested in her. I
1: wasn't interested in her. And I knew that, that like, you know, that that she was trying to make him jealous. And so we go,
0: you want to go lie down on the couch and we'll talk this through. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But that, that's one I remember of Jurassic park three. And I, and I, I I vividly remember that, that shot where all of the characters are standing kind of, uh, kind of in a line and the camera, like glides between them and focuses on each of them yeah. until it gets to Alan Grant, and I, I remember that stuck in my head that like there's a there's a few like moments of um, of Joe Johnston magic in there yeah. that uh, because Joe Johnston is a is a great director and we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. We love The Rocketeer mm-hmm. and uh, and Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and you know he he's he's a great director but at the time. I quite enjoyed it for what it was which I think you're gonna hear quite a lot when when we talk about the uh, the next three movies as yeah. well but anyway that that's my context for Jurassic Park it, it made quite an impression on me at a yeah. very early sort of teen
0: age so I think that I missed my calling as being born in the 80s um because I think that i I just I love I love like hearing you talk about movies that you watched when you were a kid I know that this this came out in 90. The first, first movie came out, out in '93, yeah. Um, but the like the fact
1: that you were the, born in '91 means that you could have seen I was it. still at not the time. old enough yeah. to
0: see it, right? Yeah. So, so I I feel like a lot of movies that like I, I wish that we would have grown up like very closer together, like, yeah. just So that we could have actually watched those movies when they were coming out. Um, yeah. But, but I, um, I think
1: about my kids that they're fairly close in age. Yeah. And they play together and they hang out together and they are gonna have those experiences yeah. together. Like I showed. Uh, my son and my daughter a couple of scenes from uh, from Star Wars on YouTube. Oh really? And they were enraptured I had to like edit a little bit because you know, there's like there's you know like Punching and, and shooting punching and you know people dying and whatever and they're not quite there yet You know, they're only four and a half and two so, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're quite small but like but the uh, but the imagery you know and entra- yeah. in entranced them and i can understand what you're saying because i i know that those two are going to have those experiences together
0: they play very nicely yeah
1: so I, I can definitely see them sort of geeking out together on star wars and marvel and all that stuff yeah yeah
0: i i can only hope that my kids are gonna geek out about that stuff i mean i mean they're my, also close together in my, age fairly, no but yeah. like my my eldest uh, i showed him um, scenes from uh from singing in the rain yeah uh, he's around about the age that you showed your 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 eldest singing in the rain. Yeah, there, yeah. Actually, um, I, I
1: showed my my youngest that she was there as well, mm. and she's she's like at the time maybe like it was maybe like six or seven months ago, mm. so she would have been uh, a year and three months old, and she sat for. Good seventy percent of the of the, the runtime completely entranced. I'm just
0: showing him songs at the moment. Uh, yeah. he's still having trouble, like watching a movie all the way through. Right. Um. But uh. But I. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. My point is, yeah, is that I, I wasn't DeGrasse, born, Tyson. I wasn't. Um. I wasn't born at an age where I can go and see these movies in the cinema. Um. But you definitely were able, and you did this with a lot of movies. You were able to bring the cinema and the excitement to me by sort of infecting me with this. You know, you have a very infectious uh, way of, of of getting passionate about a movie, right? That makes you want to also like, oh, you're right. My point is, is that um, I was able to enjoy them on VHS. The first Jurassic movie that I saw in the cinema was Jurassic World. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the first and the second one. I have a lot of thoughts on the on the change in character of, of Ian Malcolm. Um, I find his character to be really fascinating. And it was only when I saw The Lost World I think, like, I think like uh, seven years ago, not for the first time, I mean, like, I saw it for, like, the 20th time, <laughs> it was, like, whatever, um, but, uh, but, and I started, like, really watching it, and I was, like, there are some really interesting callbacks to the first movie here, and, you know, also, I watched the first movie, and I was, like, okay, so there's, like, a definite change in his character in this movie, so I don't understand why people are complaining about his character in the second movie, you know, so... There's, like, a, a, lot of, a lot of, like, me watching the first two and sort of comparing them. Um, the third one, I remember you coming home from the cinema and saying it's got lots and lots of action in it. Um, yeah, uh, it's got lots
1: of action in it. And I think the, uh, the thing that makes it work is is Sam Neill. Yeah. Like, without Sam Neill, it would have been a complete dud, I yeah, think. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah, that's my context wasn't it was kind of like a toilet flushing wasn't it
1: no. <laughs> no just the way it ended that's my context Whoosh, sorry
0: and that's my context
1: yay great context Sai. thanks johnny yes hello john yes hello
0: john so first of all what 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 is a jurassic movie s- supposed to do what do you mean when you say it does what it's supposed to do
1: okay so I think that what was established by Michael Crichton and uh, and David Kep, uh, you know, in the in the writing of it, and Steven Spielberg, uh, in the directing of it, was that um, in the same way that a horror movie, if you have a horror movie that has a bunch of faceless, big-breasted, um, you know, teenagers uh, getting st- <laughs> getting stalked by a masked killer. And uh, and they're all getting killed. Then the the focus is on the deaths, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But if you have uh, if you have a movie that's um, that's focused more on the characters, mm-hmm. then you care about the people who are being killed. Um, by way of this big monumental accident that happens that all these dinosaurs go free. So it's not focused on the dinosaurs. uh, In the same way that Westworld wasn't focused on the robots, you know? It's focused on the characters, and then you put these characters in an extraordinary situation.
0: And and a perilous one. And And a perilous one. And and because they've done such good character work, you're worried about them. Exactly. And add on to that, you know, Spielberg um, always having his theme of family.
1: Right. It's very much the same thing that the um Roland Emmerich was not able to recapture uh, when he did his first independence day you had it was it was a you know a cheesy disaster movie yeah. but you still had characters that you cared about you know, namely Jeff Goldblum, obviously. Um, but you had characters that you cared about, played by charismatic actors like Will Smith, Bill Pullman, obviously. Yeah. And you're in a situation where it's an extraordinary turn of events that the that these people that you've just spent half an hour establishing are in the midst of an alien invasion. Yeah. Which is what makes that movie work. And then you go into Independence Day Resurgence, and you go into things like Moonfall and and you know whatever else he's been doing ever since then, and he's completely lost that whole concept of establishing great characters before putting them in an extraordinary situation and that is how i feel that the jurassic park franchise went after jurassic Park. it's a lot of movies uh, the the lost world jurassic park
0: it's because of this whole thing of you know like when you and i are making um you know content for this podcast that's outside of the podcast itself um you know the minisodes if it's more than a minute or a minute and a half or you know two minutes or whatever, people lose you know. That's interest funny because they're the, all about three and a half minutes. What, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like you know the, this whole idea that people's attention spans have you know you know started shrinking. Right. So you know whenever I'm doing something for my game that has to go on social media. It's always, no, 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 no. This has to be faster. This has to be quicker. No right. one's going to watch it, right? Um, you know, you have to put this at the beginning to hook people. Otherwise, they're going to scroll past it. Um, you know, if so there's, there's a, a second That's interesting black, that
1: you say that because... I remember thinking a couple of times that the opening of Doctor Strange Mm. that before you see any magic You need to establish the the players Yeah, and having that opening sequence completely killed the vibe for me Mm -hmm. Uh, If I was to watch it from after that opening sequence onward, it would have worked just fine and the same the same feeling I had with Uncharted as well They weren't confident enough in their characters to be able to say let's start it from when uh, from when Nate and Sam are kids and then have that whole fade into Tom Holland, and then show him in the uh, in the in the bar, and then show him meeting Sully, etc., etc., etc. They had to flash forward to the plane sequence to open the movie. Why?
0: Well, here's, 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 here's my thing about that. I mean, I, I know why. You, you have to hook it's, the audience. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. What's the hook? What's the angle? What's the conflict? Right. Like real, real quick. And 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 the thing is that you you and your wife made a, a short film. Uh, which is very Spielbergian in 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 its uh, in its it's very influenced by Spielberg and it's very you know the camera angles and also the way that you plot the characters is very similar you know it's it's very family based um, you have you have this whole sequence at the beginning way before you get to, it's it's called the Dream Factory and before before they actually get to the fantasy element of it there's establishing shots of envelopes and rejection letters right. he's a comic book artist he's working in a in a fact on on factory um, diagrams you know for right, for yeah. washing machines or whatever yeah. it is um and you know in the in the meantime at work he's like doing little sketches because his passion is still there for doing his comics that he draws with his daughter right. and we find out that he's also divorced in a very sort of like you know small like phone conversation um you know where the mother calls uh, the daughter and sort of yeah, says you you, know, you can barely you
1: can barely hear hear her on the other end yeah, but uh, but she says like say you you yeah, know
0: I don't,
1: she says do you want to talk to dad and she goes i oh, don't no, no, i don't have time i don't have time right
0: um, and you, also he he, turn, he, he shakes his head at yeah, her yeah. as well like they don't you understand talk to from each that, other. that they're divorced so yeah. so so it's like in 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 a movie that is only 20 minutes long right you have only seven s-
1: minutes of setup.
0: It, yeah, you only have a certain amount of time to say what you want to say, and I, I've always felt that with student films and with short films, with I'm watching, I, if I, I've worked on a few of them, like you know, to do effects for them, um, you know, I, I'm always staggered by how much time they waste on useless things. Like there's one that has a four-minute sex scene, and it's like in a in a student film, the only reason to have a sex scene is because you're you're trying to. Shock or pull eyes, right, or I yeah, have yeah. someone talk about it. There's no value to it. I don't think there's value to it in a in right. in most movies nowadays. You know, whatever. Um, but uh, that's just me being an old fuddy-duddy. the The point is, is that um, you know, Steven Spielberg really takes his time with establishing these characters um, because they are the focus and not the fantastical setting. Right.
1: The thing about the Dream Factory is that we were we were told repeatedly that we need to cut out that entire seven minute intro. And Just have them go straight into the factory and I said, but where's the setup? Where's the context? Where's the <laughs> you know? Where's the uh, the emotional weight behind the characters where yeah. any where's any of it? Yeah. You know, it's just really really pointless and um, you know we, and There's a little montage of like sort of still images at the beginning of the movie Which is basically the uh, the comic books that uh, that the main character yeah. draws um, and it basically tells you the story in picture form of the dream factory so it establishes the Dream Factory, but you don't know that it's real. And when we were in the cinema, seven minutes go by, and um, and suddenly they, uh, they close their eyes, and their surroundings change, and, and they're transported into the fantasy world. And the entire audience in the screening gasped and that because
0: that, you see this this fantastical building like, right you know, and, it's, uh, and it's and in it's CGI, because they, weren't, they also made by a very good VFX yes, artist yes
1: it's yes, indeed <laughs> um, and they they weren't expecting it and I think that um, that having that that opening of Jurassic Park with the uh, the Velociraptor escaping he never you shows never see the Velociraptor. he never shows the Velociraptor you see an eye yeah right and it's like shoot, shoot her! her shoot her um, and, and then from there it's all set up right Yeah. so it's like it's a little Little nugget and then you don't get the full uh the full force of that that wonder until you see the stegosaurus and then sam neill you know and, and he he holds back he holds back on it as well like he spent all this time establishing the characters and he's still not showing you he's showing you the uh, the character's reactions yeah right you
0: first see the you see them react first and then you see that and then after they've seen the stegosaurus you then see this beautiful herd you yeah. know they do move in herds, right? Um, and, and and what's brilliant about it is that he he really does start with that ooh ah, and then there's running and, 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 and screaming. screaming. Yeah, you know it, it's it's really like this this misdirection of oh how beautiful, right? And then it's like oh how frightening, right? Um, so um, there's great plotting in the first. There's two great movies. there's
1: great plotting and there's also a lot of like sort of existential uh, pondering. And moral, uh, yeah, the lunch like moral scene. conflict. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about like, you know, and, and, and look, to be honest, nowadays that's, uh, you know, th- those kinds of things are a dime a dozen. You see yeah. things like, uh, almost human about like sort of creating, um, artificial intelligence yeah. that can think for itself. Mm-hmm. And does that make it human? And does that make it okay to lord it over them? Uh, you know, and the same thing with AI as well, that, uh, that, that you're creating something that can feel whether it's artificial or not it still means that that is a sentient being and it's a it's something that you know my wife always says to me like that she's not particularly interested in that so every time we come across a movie or a tv show that has that as a theme she's like i don't get it yeah um but um but there's a lot of that kind of that kind of idea in jurassic park of like you know you're creating something um in the same way of you know when you have kids as well that like some parents feel like they own their children and they can make them do things that uh, that make make the parents happy yeah and and in this case it's, it's it's also like you've given birth to to these animals who have been extinct for for millions and millions of years and uh you know where's the morality in that and you're you're keeping you're them captive. around
0: like a kid who's found his dad's gun
1: right exactly so uh, that's part of the reason that made the first Jurassic Park so electric it's not just the CGI dinosaurs which were a brand new concept but, at but, the time but being there's able to so little of that right like, there's, it's, there's it's, about 15 minutes of it, it. and the, the T-Rex doesn't show up until about an hour into the movie yeah, you know it's, true. it's um it's and
0: it's uh, and as we said in the last episode it is it is mostly animatronic in 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 that opening uh, moment where it bends down to the car and you say like there's a lot of animatronic work going on there um, right, that, that that just makes it feel very tight shots, and and, and it's very grounded, and, and yeah. it's, you know, it's it, we're not getting these big spectacle shots, right?
1: right? And 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 I think that there's a there's a great importance in 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 restraint in filmmaking. I was going to say conservative. Is yeah. that yeah. is that like you know when you when you see when you watch something like The Science of the Lambs, okay, yeah. Anthony Hopkins' performance is bolstered by the fact that they spend the entire an entire first act of the movie talking about him and th- and the things that he's done mm-hmm. before you see him and what's he doing? He's just standing in the middle of the cell when you mm-hmm. see him and he's very soft spoken and whatever. You don't see him like rip somebody's throat out in the you know and and like right in those first minutes because they, they set him. him up as a they bogeyman. set him up as this monster and then you see this this very well-spoken. sort of calm, well spoken, yeah. sophisticated uh, you know middle aged man. Um, who uh who yeah. seems harmless and then you you know you you sort of like slowly build up this creepiness yeah. you know he never blinks and the way that he uh that he talks to to Clarice and susses her out immediately mm-hmm. um and makes her feel you know like tiny that that thing where he where he
0: smells her perfume right? yeah yeah i yeah, think yeah. it's like it's very um predatorial
1: right and and so like all of that all of that applies and and spielberg does it to masterful effect i know it was a necessity but he does it to masterful effect in uh, in jaws Um, But he he doesn't show the shark for a long time and uh, you see you see like the sort of the results of the shark attacks But you don't really see you know, like the shark actually going in and and, you know eating people people in a full frame And I feel like it's it's something that's very much lacking in today's cinema because everything has to be Instantly gratified you have to show everything in the first few minutes of the movie and everything has to be like massive Yeah, it's
0: where we say you know what you don't see is more exactly. frightening than what you can Exactly.
1: See. And it's also why I, why I've repeatedly said that James Wan's Conjuring yeah movies, his first two Conjuring movies, are some of the greatest uh, supernatural horror that I've seen in, yeah. in so many years because he uses that kind of restraint. Yeah,
0: his build-up of tension is, yeah. is really like, you know it's happening to you, but it still gets you, and you know, he establishes, and when it
1: happens. Yeah, and he establishes characters that you, that you really, really care about. Yeah. Um, which was also the Masterstroke of Casino Royale as well. Mm-hmm. So that like, It wasn't just action, 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 action. It was uh, you know he's like Craig and the and and. uh and uh, Purvis and Wade and, and haggis they, they all sort of came together to establish Bond as a, as a human being, flesh and blood, who could be hurt. Yeah. Um, which is the reason why those action scenes have weight. And the same thing with Ethan Hunt—that—that uh, that he's fallible. Yeah. And he can—and uh, he can fall and hurt himself. And, and you that know,
0: sometimes his gadgets don't work, and exactly. he still
1: makes it through. Exactly. You know, he's yeah. He's not like James that Bond he who, that he who comes really in. Yeah. That he like swings on the Burj Khalifa and like hits yeah. his head on the on the window and like you and know,
0: then, you know, Jeremy Renner catches him yeah um there's a a lot of great stuff and 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 in the second movie um it's 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 got that same amazing characterization and yeah and And the same amount of of restraint as well and and the father-daughter relationship and and all of that and and you know i wanted i wanted to talk about the ian malcolm thing um you know because um it i i've i've read and i've heard a lot of complaints about how different he is from who he was in the first movie and it's like he if you watch the movie and if you're paying attention he's only joking around until his he's attacked until he injures his leg because when he's lying on the table he's no longer cracking wise he's no longer making jokes he's no longer that's
1: that's that's what it is that's his arc in the first movie if you if you watch the um the helicopter shot at the end of the movie they're all sort of sitting there in, in the same way that um, that Dutch does in uh, in Pre- the end of predator mm-hmm. it's like sort of sitting there very quietly um, that like you know the events of the movie have uh, have really traumatized them yeah. and you can see it on their faces yeah um, you know aside from that Spielberg in touch of uh, of the Sam Neill, asleep yeah, on him and like he some, smiles, he yeah. smiles and, he, and whatever, but you can tell that they've been they've been traumatized, and yeah. it's like it's a it's a very similar uh, idea to uh, to the way that that Tom Hanks uh, plays the uh, the closing scene in in Captain Phillips, mm-hmm. that you want to feel that these traumatic events have have actually. Have actually had an effect on the on the characters. You don't feel like it's uh, you know it's like after every like action movie you know oh I've just been killing a bunch of people and now I'm going to be fine. Um, You know it's it's uh, it's traumatizing and then you go into the lost world and I think what Spielberg did with that character and what jeff goldblum did with that character is uh is very very smart and it's a natural evolution of of that of that
0: character yeah you know i was like just wondering to myself are there any like movies where somebody i'm trying to think of it, whether there's a movie where someone has been through so much that they fall asleep at the end and then i'm like it's the lost world <laughs> <laughs> like the the uh, ian malcolm and, and sarah falling asleep right. on the couch and, and kelly's still watching tv right. and listening to john hammond talk it's also in uncharted by the way not in the movie but in uh, uh, before that whole thing with the plane, right. uh, there's a whole boat sequence, and you get like, you know, you you're thrown around, and it's it's just like it's this really long sequence, and then he actually comes back to his apartment room, and and he's with Elena um uh the love interest and uh and he just sort of like collapses and falls asleep while she's talking to him and right. that's like in in video games like the heroes don't normally fall asleep in the mm. middle of the game which is pretty cool but anyway i digress um the the point is is that um he he there is precedent for him behaving the way that he's behaving he's very serious in the second movie he still but he's cracks one he's still he's making still jokes wise. But um, he's—I
1: love the fact that he—and—and and when I first saw that in the cinema, restrained. by the way, I um—I I really connected with him as a character. I thought he was incredible. He was—he's limping he was like, by the way. Star. His
0: uh, his yeah. um, you know, his injury from the first movie, yeah. um, it carries over. You know, right. he, he in in the book, Jurassic Park is based off a book. <laughs> oh um, really? I think it was that in the first book, didn't he die? And then in the second book um they they retconned that like he retconned it to be that he he survived it somehow yeah Um, and he's walking with a walking stick right so they couldn't really do that with with him in in the movie like i mean they could have done but it wouldn't have been as actiony but he is like when he runs he runs with a kind of you know gimpy leg and he also there's a point where they've just run away from a t-rex and he's in pain and he's breathing heavily because, you know, he's not really in shape because, you know, he's injured so he doesn't do much working out. And he sort of sits down and he's like, right, I'm ready to go. And Sarah's like, no, Ian, sit, breathe. Like, you know, she's like looking after him. Like, there's there's these dynamics that that have carried over from the first movie. So I don't really understand a lot of the criticisms that I've read about his performance in the second movie or his characterization because that, unlike Luke Skywalker, is a jump that I'm willing to believe because I have seen in the previous movie things have happened to him that would make him behave that way
1: but also like he's he's behaving in a uh, in a crowd of people who that he doesn't know in the first movie he's only just met yeah and in the in the second movie he's got his girlfriend he's got his daughter you know he's he's got he's suddenly in a in a situation where a he unit. has to protect yeah and he becomes that protector and and i think that that's a that's a, a Perfectly believable progression. Um, I also think that the the Lost World has some of the best set pieces yeah. in the entire franchise. The baby T Rex that yeah. they're that they're repairing the leg and the, and it's sort of like all around the the trailer, all of that that stuff going on around the trailer. The, the and then the trailer, trailer getting thing, knocked off the off the and side they're of the on cliff. the rope and the the trailer yeah, yeah, yeah. falls
0: down yeah. while they're holding onto the rope and Eddie gets eaten. The whole sequence, yeah, brilliant. And Absolutely that moment brilliant. where. Um, they climb to the top and then they're like helped up is like that moment of relief and breathing again we're talking about pacing you know how how um, the director is balancing between character development action sequences and then Rest to allow the audience and the characters to rest. Because if you just go from action, 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 you know, to yeah, to to also, you know, think about it like a curve. You can't have it dip too low into like something that slows down to the point of boredom, like you know, locusts. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's some, it, it's about pacing. It's something that that you're you're taught about, you know, with like level design and and things like right. that in games. Like pacing is also very important to keep the player engaged. You also in movies have to keep the the movie viewer engaged as well, well you need but not tire them out. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that that moment where they're pulling them up from the cliff is like a great moment of until of, they, of relaxation until, they, until realize they realize
1: that they're being pulled up by the enemy, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also that then you know they they have to they, um, they have to band together. They have to band together yeah. with them, and that creates like a new conflict, mm-hmm. right? Because the conflict of the of the baby T Rex is now finished right uh you know they've given the baby t-rex back to back to the the mama and papa although
1: it's a great setup for a joke later on
0: what's the joke later on that it sets up
1: um that they uh that they've got the baby oh, t-rex no, no, again you. yeah the, 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 the t-rex is gonna see us with a with our baby and he's gonna be like you yeah. um <laughs>
0: see he is making a lot of jokes there's yeah, some yeah. great lines and he his performance is brilliant um but then in in very very stark contrast um jurassic park 3 is like flat. very flat on characterization. If, if you
1: think about a movie as a graph. Yeah. Okay, you want to see like peaks Like in
0: the old Total Film or as Empire magazines where they used to Total, Total, Total Film. Used to do like they used to like an interest graph. Yeah, but it's you like want
1: you want to see like peaks and uh and and falls, you know? yeah, You want to see like uh you want to see it be like you know very sort of like almost uniform, I guess. But like but Jurassic Park 3 rises And stays up there for the entire movie, basically. There's very little time to rest. Yeah, it doesn't give you time to rest, and there's very little uh, time for sort of like getting involved with the characters. There's a very sort of like lazily sketched out relationship between Taylor Leone and uh, William H. Mason, who I don't think are particularly suited for each other. No. Um, I think that he's. uh, he's, It just doesn't. I I don't believe that they're a couple. Neither of them belong in that
0: movie. Neither of them belong in that movie. It's 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 very odd. and you know, also like Sam Neill, uh, he. I mean, he's good as Doctor Grant, but you know, it's like just again. I like the whole thing where it feels like he's been kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and landed on the island. It's it, not that it feels like that. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. And he's sort of tricked into being on the island. But I I I think that the the problem for me with that movie is that even the moments of 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 calm are very that they're, they're not they're not spaced out in a way that that works with the high-intensity scenes. And there's also so much more of the high-intensity scenes that no actual character development occurs right. during those moments of calm. So... You know, it's it's just very, and also that you know. it's very
1: telling that uh, that Jurassic Park three is basically made up of set pieces that yeah. were leftovers from the other two movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, so that that's basically what Jurassic Park three is. It's leftovers. Isn't the
0: pterodactyl thing something that was supposed to appear in the Lost World or something? Yes, it was. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, possibly even Jurassic Park, I'm not sure. I mean, look, the, it, it's worked sometimes. Like, for example, the, uh, the mine car chase in Temple of Doom was supposed to be in Raiders. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, but it was repurposed, and it fits perfectly yeah, in Temple really of Doom. Yeah, it's really good. Speaking of which, I just want to point
0: out that we need to do an Indiana Jones episode. Yeah. Or f- several. So, yeah, there's a lot of, like, holdovers from previous movies, so they didn't even really plot it out themselves yeah i'm not
1: (laughs) sure i think it was pretty rushed
0: as well but anyway so how long was it between jurassic park 3 and jurassic world how long was the wait exactly do you think
1: jurassic park 3 came out in 2001 so jurassic Jurassic World world was 2015 yeah um, so there's a big, big space in in between, yeah. and um, and also uh, Colin uh, Trevorrow, uh, who directed Jurassic World and Jurassic World Dominion, um, was hot shit after having done uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a nice little movie, um, and it, it was a it was a nice idea of like uh, the idea of that you know the. Uh, Hammond was, uh, you know, Hammond's experiment completely and utterly failed. Yeah. Right. And the the dinosaurs escaped, and they, you know, and they basically said, "You're not, you're not going to get to open this park. Yeah. This is dangerous." And you think about it, that sort of 15 years later um you know after the events of jurassic park 3 that uh, that somebody actually did open the park and what would happen yeah. if it was if it was a fully functional park and there were there were customers and you know full of people and the dinosaurs escaped so uh, on that in that respect it's kind of um it's it's kind of an interesting take on it yeah. on the other hand it basically repeats all of the uh, various beats of the uh, yeah but it's set up movie. to
0: do that because it's set in a in an amusement right. park it's set up to do that, but right. within that structure, create interesting moments and set pieces, such as the raptor chase on the bike, right. um, the uh, new bioengineering of a of a new kind of dinosaur yeah. that's like a, a mixture between a. Well, it was the Indominus Rex, a uh, mix between a raptor and a and a T-Rex or something. It's yeah. it's it's you know frightening. I've seen, it, I've
1: seen it a few times, but it's not it's not one that I that I revisit regularly.
0: Right. I've only seen it once, I think, in mm. the cinema. I don't okay. remember if I if I've seen it since, but I remember it pretty well. And I think that the whole thing with the the, the round spheres, the glass spheres, yeah. It recreates that whole T-Rex scene. Uh, you know, where the T-Rex comes down with his teeth and is, like, you know, trying to trying to eat them through the glass. Like, that's... But it, it, it's it's creating innovation within uh, established tropes, which right. I think is, you know... Look, again, I'm, I'm always going to bring back video games into it because I am a, de- a game developer. I always have video games yeah, on the yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. So don't, don't apologize for it. I didn't apologize. You didn't hear me apologize for it, <laughs> did you? <laughs>
1: you apologize for it all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but basically... There are a lot of games that retread, uh, you know, like for example, Uncharted is is Tomb Raider with a with a with a male um, you right. know, protagonist, and
1: Tomb Raider is but, Indiana Jones with uh, a female exactly, protagonist. Exactly, right? Yeah.
0: So it's that that whole you know um, retranslation yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's the it's um, the meets. But the pitch. thing is, is that is that they 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 then said, okay, but let's let's actually make this a different character from Indiana Jones, and he's more he's he's much more. You know, the thing about Indiana Jones where he in the first movie. Um, In Raiders, he jumps across the gap but he misses it and he and he fails the jump and he he grabs onto this plant and he's like oh i got this and then it starts like giving way and he's like oh shit and he makes that face right that that is the essence of the uncharted series they based all of nathan drake's behavior around that that's why his famous line is always oh crap because you know he's always like being um he's missing jumps and even when he runs in just the regular character animations you see him trip over rocks all the time so the whole point is that you know innovation with within established tropes is something that when done right can be extremely successful and i think in the case right. of jurassic world um and certain video games and other movies as well it can be very very successful which brings me to Fallen kingdom are you right? <laughs> no 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 as you've said there are there are some really interesting moments i would have liked it if we could have had just the whole movie be like a a, a horror movie like a jurassic like a Jurassic well, it's, Park, like it's haunted a very, mansion. Movie. It's a
1: very similar kind of thing that that we were talking about with uh, Jurassic World Dominion, in that it's two halves mm-hmm. of two completely different movies. Stories, yeah. It could be either the
0: island volcano, volcano is erupting, erupt. and that
1: entire movie could have been a pressure cooker of like, um, you know, we need to get off the island before the uh, before the volcano erupts. Which, to be honest. Even though there would have been a contrivance to get them onto the island, I think that's a movie that I would have been yeah. interested in watching. Because it's it's um, also part, the haunted house. It's
2: also
0: aspect. part disaster movie, right? Because right. it's a volcano. And it's mashing up those two those two things together. Right. Um, although there is that wonderful thing where he's running away and he's telling them to run. It's like the Indiana Joe's like, Jack, start the engine. So, you know, right. when he's running away from the uh, the smoke behind him, he's like, Go, go, run. It's very, very uh, I, I think that's a, an homage to that. I could be wrong.
1: So so what it is is that there's some very interesting elements within those movies, but they, they're they both completely unfocused. It's
0: what it's what I would like to call an Ideas Man movie. Right. right? Like someone who, who, who was able to come up with a concept that really worked, but they weren't able to... Choose one. To, or, or to execute it very right.
1: well. I, I think that I, I enjoyed Fallen Kingdom um, to an extent, uh, and I think that that entire sequence on the island uh, is a demo worthy for any uh, blu-ray player or yeah. 4k player um, you know it's it's gorgeous all that stuff is gorgeous it is but birdie. um but like, you know, there's uh, there's definitely a sort of lapse in in logic and character decisions that you know That sort of bring us to Jurassic World and we talked about that in a previous episode as well There are certain things that that ruin it for me somewhat mm-hmm. and the and the first uh, the first few scenes of that movie yeah. I, I can't stand because it's such a contrivance. Yeah. It just makes me go. There is no legitimate reason for y'all to be mixing with dinos again, <laughs> okay, none there is no reason for you to go out there. Just leave it be. alone. Leave Have it you alone. not
0: seen the previous movies in the franchise, guys? Yeah, leave it
1: alone. Natural selection has made its choice. Let the dinos be extinct once again. It was not supposed to be in the first place. The
0: dinosaurs had their chance, and they're selected for extinction. Ah, 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 ah. Finds, finds
1: a way uh, uh, there it is so anyway that brings us to Jurassic World Dominion which uh, if you haven't listened to the previous episode stop this and go back and listen to it because uh, we go into it in depth um, I want to talk about your top five Jurassic Park
0: franchise moments oh that's a f- I should have thought about that before because I didn't come prepared on this one okay Johnny's making a hmm
2: face
1: I got you I
0: got you I broke your brain with that, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> do you want to tell them what that is?
1: Well, if you watch the Minnesota... But they didn't. We already established no one's watching <laughs> no, Nobody <them. laughs> watched the Minnesota. Um, so, so, I said, when we did a, a spoof of the uh, the whole Alan Grant checking out the Stegosaurus scene, um, where we come up to the, to the Yes Planet, which is our local cinema that has an IMAX, and I look at it with wonder, and I take off my glasses, and I go, they have an IMAX? And you say... They have a an IMAX, And then you went, it's, yeah, it's a Jurassic Park reference because that's the movie we're going to
0: see. You know? <laughs> and um, That made yeah. you laugh, did it? Yeah, it made me laugh. All right. That, um, <laughs> so my top five Jurassic moments. Coming in at number five. I think the haunted house thing in Fallen Kingdom. I'll put that at the end because I think there are better moments. Um, no, I change it. I change it number five would be the pterodactyl sequence and what's this for in the third movie Mm -hmm. where you know billy jumps off um and opens up a parachute and he starts uh you know like just weaving in and out of the uh you know to save the kid it's like really i think that's a really cool moment it's very uh very it's it's fun it's a fun moment to watch coming in at number four Uh, we have the uh, haunted mansion thing. I think that that's a really cool sequence, and you're right, and it's very gothic, and and it just si- it stands out in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming in at number three, uh, the Raptors in the grass in the lost Ooh, world. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, coming in at number two, uh, the whole sequence with. You know, the T-Rex coming out in Jurassic Park and, you know, taking out that car and knocking the car off the cliff and all the way into, you know, we need to get out of this tree. And then, well, we're back in the car again. That whole sequence, that whole segment is brilliant every yeah. single yeah, time. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, Coming into number one uh, is the lunch scene in jurassic park i know i know it's uh i know it's a quiet moment it's a dialogue scene but it is so well done and crafted i brought you in to
1: defend me from these animals and the only one i have on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer thank
0: you yeah (laughs) um you know i think i think malcolm's speech is awesome i love how you know ellie and uh dr grant are trying to you know Sorry, I don't afford her the same courtesy, do I? Doctor Sattler and Doctor Grant, <laughs> right? Um, you know, are uh, are giving you know their their performances well. I just think the whole thing's great, and and just watching John Hammond's face as they're they're pulling apart his dream. It's like yeah. y- you can you can you know relate to that if you've ever been given feedback on something that you've worked really hard on and you think it's brilliant, um, and then someone gives you feedback and then you're like, well, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm trying right. to do. Um, yeah that's my Go on, uh, time for you coming in at number five
1: okay so I didn't really put these in any particular order but I will try I will try and order them for you so coming in at number five
0: no coming in at number five
1: um, Owen and Claire in the cage with the T-Rex okay in, Jura- in uh, Jurassic World Fallen King mm. I thought that scene was uh, in equal measures hilarious
0: and intense. Do you know what? I'd like to swap that out with my you number can't five. Swap anything. I don't want the pterodactyls anymore, Johnny. Okay. All
1: right. All right. You you can have it. Yay. Enjoy. Okay.
0: No. So now you have to change yours if you've given it to me. No, no I'm joking. Keep z- going. Z- Coming z- 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 in z- at number z- four. Z-
1: okay. Owen Grady in Jurassic World One Trading. on the motorbike ah. with the raptors. Okay. That's just
0: pretty damn good. Brilliant. It's pretty damn good. Brilliant. Number three. Coming in at number three.
1: Okay, we have uh, Dennis Nedry's death. Mm. Okay, I I really like that scene. Um, And uh, he he really does get what's coming to him. (laughs) I
0: really wish I'd had time to think about this question.
1: Coming in at number two.
0: Coming in at number two.
1: The trailer hanging over the side of the cliff in the Uh, Lost World. All
0: of my choices sound bad now. (laughs) No, they don't. They're really good. Really good. And coming in at number one. The T Rex attack from Jurassic Park. I wanted to put that as number one, but I just really, really, really like that dialogue sequence.
1: And and also, there's that scene that we always quote with, uh, you know, where Ian Malcolm is explaining uh, Uh, the butterfly uh, effect. to El Estadio. The random of the park they're, they're patterns,
0: the park schedules it's is the essence, essence of chaos. Of chaos.
1: <laughs> I'm still not clear on chaos.
0: Oh, oh, oh! is that short? Is that hand the butterfly effect? Butterfly, around this ringing of pinking, you're going to find Central Park. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I go to fast, 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 fast. Experiment. <laughs> so that car is bouncing up and down. So Let's
1: we say. know this scene off by <laughs> heart, Sye <Si> and
2: I. <laughs> <laughs> it, <always> beca- <laughs> it became, became one of
0: those those things that we were talking about in the uh yeah. drag me to hell episode yeah where you know it just as we quote it it gets more and more ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well, but, yeah.
1: <laughs> and now it's time for trivia Trivia corner. we have some trivia corner for you uh, and most of it is about i think all of it is about the first movie all So right. here we go i'm listening <clears throat> Michael Crichton intended John Hammond to be a dark Walt Disney.
0: mm -hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) He didn't come off that way. He comes off...
1: Michael Crichton intended John Hammond. uh, No, he
0: does come off that way, because doesn't he he die in in the book? He does. He does, yeah. Uh, When Hurricane
1: Iniki hit, the cast and crew were all required to move into the ballroom of the hotel in which they were staying. Sir Richard Attenborough, however, stayed in his hotel room and slept through the entire event. (laughs) When asked how he could possibly have done this, Attenborough replied... My dear boy, I survived the blitz. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Dear listeners, I apologize. There was a knock at the door, and Johnny is now opening his uh, received Blu-ray, uh, or 4K edition of uh, the... It's not 4K? Yeah, yeah. It's a 4K edition of the uh, Indiana Jones trilogy. Now bring it there to are me now. Thank three. you, Phil. <laughs> And uh, and uh, he's opening the Amazon packet. He's uh, orgasming as he takes it out, and he is very very excited for it. Um, we bring this to you. Oh, it is pretty. That is very nice. Four movie collection. What the deuce?
2: <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Let it go.
1: Can't. It's okay. rubbish. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where were we? Oh, yes. Trivia Corner. Yeah. Trivia Corner. Okay. <laughs> when Michael Crichton was asked why the novel has Jurassic in the title and has a dinosaur from the Cretaceous period uh, on the cover, he replied that it had never occurred to him and admitted that it was just the best looking design. Yeah there you go okay. John fair Williams fair John Williams scored the movie at the end of February 1993 and recorded it a month later he felt he needed to write pieces that would convey a sense of awe and fascina- fascination mm. given it dealt with the overwhelming happiness and excitement that would emerge from seeing live dinosaurs and let me tell you I think he managed he managed
2: right, let's, let's, let's
1: have a little uh, short discussion about the uh, composers of the uh, of the Jurassic Park franchise John Williams obviously established the entire tone with uh, Jurassic Park Jurassic uh, and, and the Lost well, jurassic park see you do it too yeah um and uh in in jurassic park 3 we had um we had don davis who had just recently scored the matrix oh who i'm not sure was was very good casting um uh it, it's okay it's not amazing i don't remember it if that's oh, there you right. go there you go and the other three jurassic movies the the world movies uh were scored it, all by uh, Michael Giacchino, who uh, is a great uh, composer, um, and uh, brought in a few, you know, sort of gothic uh, vocals, mm-hmm. like the sort of choral chanting in the second one, and yeah. he's, he's brought a lot to it. But uh, nobody, nobody ever comes close. And Giacchino also did this with uh, with Star Wars, yeah, when he scored Rogue One, and you just can't quite make the leap to the to the heights of. John Williams. Right,
0: because that guy lives in the pantheon. He is a genius. Um, and that's uh, that's where he shall remain.
1: Okay. Ariana Richards, who played uh, Lex, mm-hmm. audition, uh, consisted of standing in front of a camera and screaming wildly. Wow. Steven Spielberg wanted to see how she could show fear. Richards remembers, I heard later on that Steven had watched a few girls on tape that day and I was the only one who ended up waking up his sleeping wife off the couch and she came running through the hallway to see if the kids were right. So that's how
0: she got cast. Nice. Um, <laughs> am, I, am I correct in thinking that she was supposed to be in Dominion or something? Or Kelly was supposed to be in Dominion? There were
1: talks of uh, Tim being oh. in Dominion. Uh, I think he, uh, he posted something on his Twitter. Mm. Um, but uh, obviously that never that happened. happened. And there was also there's something else that never happened. I sent it to you yesterday. There was this really interesting prologue. Yeah, that there, yeah. Uh, the, um that was that was released I think a year ago or, or something like that of uh, all the dinosaurs living in the wild. Yeah. um, it's all very silent and uh, and mesmerizing, and then the sort of the contrast of that of the dinosaur of, of a T Rex kind of breaking into the um uh, the drive-in. Yeah, and being framed against the movie screen and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and being chased down by helicopters, and I thought to myself. That really should have been the opening opening of of Dominion. I don't understand why it wasn't. Uh, Anyway, Steven Spielberg was in the very early stages of pre-production for the movie ER. Mm. uh, Based on a Michael Crichton novel, when he heard about the Jurassic Park book, he subsequently dumped what he was doing to make this movie. And afterwards, he returned to ER and helped develop it into the hit television series that it became.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. I never knew that. Interesting thing about um, just going to the whole, why didn't they... Um, use that prologue oh okay sorry yeah sorry um, I was back. just thinking sorry I was just thinking about I read that um, in in this one in, in Dominion uh, they actually allowed a lot of audience um in intervention like what, in the in previews they, they 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 allowed the fans to have a lot of say like he he asked a lot of people he showed the movie to people and and who he knows like friends and other people who he knows like them the movies and stuff too many cooks too many Could cooks, also yeah. be the, uh, yep. the reason.
1: Director Steven Spielberg oversaw the post-production of this movie via video link while in Poland filming the Holocaust-themed Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. He later called it one of the hardest times in his life as a filmmaker, and it took such an emotional toll on him that his enthusiasm for this movie had almost waned. He said that he needed an hour per, per day to muster up the energy to comment on digital dinosaurs and answer trivial questions from the special effects crew. There was also, I remember... Um, a story about Robin Williams who uh he just directed in Hook a couple of years mm-hmm. earlier calling him up to make him laugh uh while he was shooting Schindler's list. Oh. Wow. But the funny thing is that a few years later when he did ju- when he did The Lost World Jurassic Park yeah. um he was simultaneously doing uh Saving Private Ryan.
0: Right, also heavy. Yeah. Not as heavy,
1: but Yeah. Also. Well, it's pretty heavy. Um but anyway, the Triceratops dung didn't smell at all. It was made of clay mud and straw. It was drizzled in honey and papayas, So flies would swarm near it Brilliant. despite being called Jurassic Park The dinosaurs only have around 15 minutes of screen time nine minutes are Stan Winston's animatronics and six minutes of it is uh, Industrial light and magic CGI this means only around 11% of the film is dedicated to dinosaur scenes
2: mm.
1: Take note filmmakers <laughs> That's skill Right there
0: By the way Groundbreaking ILM magic In that first movie
1: Michael Crichton Estimated that the Screenplay has about 10-20% to of the Novel's content Yeah During the scenes With the T-Rex Steven Spielberg Would roar like one Through the (laughs) megaphone The cast cracked up Whenever he did that Sam Neill stated That was the kind That was kind of More funny than anything And the acting part Was not laughing It's not easy Yeah Michael Crichton said that his views on science and genetic engineering are largely expressed by Ian Malcolm. Spielberg saw many parallels to himself in the character of John Hammond. Fittingly, he cast a fellow filmmaker in the role who begins his tour of the park by showing a movie in which he also acts. Hmm. While Malcolm is dressed entirely in black, Hammond wears all white. And it makes sense that Spielberg would then, would like if he saw parallels to himself in Hammond, that he softened his character quite a lot. Because uh, Hammond is quite a villain in the he's book. He's quite bad, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, he's, he's more of the you know who his his uh, nephew is in the um in the lost world in the lost yeah. world and and subsequently that you know um the the death that he gets in the book where he's eaten by the um compies, um are uh, that's translated to another character in the lost world not even right. to Peter Stormer yeah yeah
1: Ian says the line must go faster while being chased by a dinosaur. On Independence Day, 1996, co executive producer, co writer, and director Roland Emmerich liked it so much, he had Goldblum say it when he and Will Mm. Smith were escaping the mothership. Yeah. You noticed that? I did. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson was supposed to fly to Hawaii to film Arnold's death scene, but a hurricane destroyed the set and the scene had to be scrapped. He regrets this because he was physically chased by them and killed and he really wanted to do it. Like his character was uh, yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to be. Um, which uh, which kind of like um, uh, reminds me of that whole thing that he had with George Lucas about Mace Windu not going out like a punk.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, is that... Um it's much more effective. Of course, it's more it effective because it's just his
1: arm. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's the same thing as the like Spielberg likes limbs. Yeah, the the uh, the leg floating to the bottom of the ocean, the head coming out of the the yeah. side of the boat. Yeah. Ironically, despite Hammond's constant declarations of we've spared no expense, the park is undone entirely due to the expenses he did skimp on, notably leaving the security for masses of incredibly dangerous animals entirely in the hands of a single IT guy who is explicitly stated to have been the lowest bidder
0: and, his, and has financial troubles of his own. Oh my God, I've <laughs> never noticed that before. That's, a, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that was... Trivia, Trivia cool. I mean, we can talk about the effects, um, but like, I mean, we've already said a lot of the things that right. uh, you know th- throughout. I haven't really saved any of the stuff for uh, for the end, so I'll okay, so I'll kind you of give you, give give you my, final thoughts, my, yeah. my final thoughts on it. Roll the jingle. Come with me and step into the spine tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. <laughs> there's a there's an interesting thing that I think it kind of ties into the the, the opening of this episode where we were talking about like tangible danger versus like the CG danger and I think that that balance is beautifully struck in in you know Jurassic Park and the lost world although it is taken to a bigger extreme in that movie um, and I, I think that um, in Jurassic world, um, there, there was still a, there was a lot more CG, uh, obviously than than there was, um, you know, animatronics. Um, ILM did some groundbreaking work, uh, you know, on especially on that um, uh, that T Rex at the end, you know, fighting the Velociraptors is, is very famously spoken about, and also the right. corridor crew do a whole like thing on it. I think right. there was a, a, a frame where one of the Velociraptors didn't render and so it disappears for a frame yeah yeah Um, i saw that yeah and think about like how how long it took to render those frames out you know like you couldn't do it again they couldn't fix it so
1: just to provide a little bit of context here like when i'm editing something it can sometimes take an hour and a half or something to render out a, a 10 minute video or something and there are times when the, the computer kind of stutters. So you can't really see what you're editing in real time. And when you play it through, uh, you don't always see what it's actually going to yeah. export at the end. So when you export the final file, um, and you watch the final file after like an hour and a half of export or whatever it is, and then you start to find mistakes, it's like, oh God, now I have to go it's back exactly and do same. it all over again.
0: It's exactly the same with 3D, right. um, you know, you know, exporting and, 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 and rendering. Yeah. Is that... You know, in 3D, you can you can see your model and you can see how it's animating and you can export, like, um, you know, very basic primitive videos of it just to see that the shot holds together and that the animation works. Right. I don't know if they could do that back then, but now... Um, you know, there's also, when you finally render it out, there's all of the different lighting passes. There's, um, you know, as I mentioned, I don't know if it was in this episode or the last one, but subsurface scattering yeah. where, you know, light shines through objects, you know, if, a, if an object has properties that allow it to, um, you know, allow to light to penetra- yeah. penetrate through it and then bounce back out. So, right. you know, it's, it's calculating all the different light bounces because light bounces infinitely, um, and, and so, you know, you have to do it so that it looks realistic and, and all these different elements and if something is rough or wet or, or all those things. Um, and and so each frame can take a very, very, very long time to render. Think about I've what left. they went
1: through with Tron. Yeah. that it was all ones and zeros. Yeah. And it was all code, basically. And the, uh, the render time for every frame i i don't know there's there's i've seen a few making ofs and, and read a bit of trivia on it but it's uh it's one of those things where you hear the the statistics or, yeah. or the the numbers and you go oh.
0: so you know it's very, it's commonplace now that that movies and and vfx houses have what's known as a render farm which is basically you know a lot of very very heavy duty computers right. working on uh you know that this this one project all, all at once and you know hard drives and computers burn out and die and, and whatever but you know those lost along the way um, to making these great um, moments happen but you know just think about that that missing frame that is there forever uh they couldn't they could i don't think they could have gone back and redone it just because of time constraints and the movie had to come out right so um you know my my final thoughts on this are that as the movies have progressed obviously we have relied more and more on cgi i was very pleased that in dominion we were seeing a lot more animatronic work yeah um and, uh, and I, I, also, I also have to applaud the CG work, like the animation is great, the, yeah. the, the, the shading and the texturing, like everything looks and feels, or, or, or you know, feels is the wrong word, but it, it, it looks how it should feel, you know, like right. the scales and feathers and light passing through these things and, you know, eyeballs shining in exactly the right way. Um, you know, it gives character, it gives texture, it gives, you know, it, it gives a realism, you know, the, the way that the, the the dinosaurs interact with the leaves around them when they move through it. These are things that are not easy to do. So I greatly appreciate the art and skill and craft that went into these things. Um, and uh, and that's kind of my final word on it. I do wish that movies would would balance them out more. Yeah. And we are seeing that, like with Ghostbusters Afterlife, we did see a lot of, you know, uh, um, mixed between the animatronics right. and the, you know, and and the, and the animatronics that you can get nowadays are very articulate and they can do a lot of things. But, but that's yeah, interesting
1: um, to, to sort of look at the entire franchise as a whole and see the progression of that, yeah. that it's kind of like a, a upside down V-shape. Yeah, exactly. Um, like because uh, the, when
0: they got to Jurassic Park three, it, it was yeah. that whole thing of okay, so that, we, that we could, but we're not thinking about whether we should. Like yeah. they overuse CGI. It's
1: like a it's like a like a sort of like a pyramid shape that you have that very brief peak in Jurassic Park three where everything's CGI, and then around in around Jurassic World, uh, Trevorrow was very uh, was very adamant of of sort of bringing back the animatronics mm-hmm. and, and starting to do slightly less with CG. But it just it just is the climate nowadays that uh, that you have these in entire shots um entire sequences that go through being entirely cg um and i think that the issue for me wasn't necessarily the the cg-ness of the dinosaurs i think they always look mm. very believable yeah. i think that there's always a a sort of um uh, a, a point of, of of quality of making of making these movies look fantastic and making the dinosaurs yeah. feel real uh, but the issue for me was that there were too many dinosaurs and um, and not enough nuance. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so while the look of them is fantastic, I, I just feel like there's uh, th- there's not uh, there's not enough sort of um, restraint in these movies to give specific characters um, heroic or well-deserved deaths that yeah. are sort of the kinds of things that you remember it's just a bunch of people getting eaten by dinosaurs yeah. so it's like it's just a, it just feels to me very unfocused yeah. um but i i never had a problem with the effects in any no, but, of these
0: movies but there now. are there are moments when you look at a shot and you go why is this cg like that that's usually the question that comes across right. to me and so you know when i was watching that scene with claire and in dominion where which i think is probably one of the the great you know cg moments in the movie right you know there's the the chase and and all of that uh, on the motorbikes but you know there's this, that thing and, and the dinosaur is interacting with the foliage around him and and, and I think and, and part whatever. of that is is uh, there practical. are animatronics like uh, when when, like the, when animal, the beak when it's comes right down, above yeah when it's right above her head and she's underwater and you can see its uh its yeah. beak coming down. That's that a is great practical. Sequence. That whole thing is brilliant. Yeah. And um, and uh, I the, would have liked the, to have
1: seen more of a stretch of her trying to survive in the jungle yeah. like being surrounded by dinosaurs. To
0: show that she's resourceful in yeah, her yeah, own yeah. right would have been great. Yeah. Um but m- my point is is that that, that shot where you're getting the light rays coming through the trees and shining yeah. through the feathers of the dinosaur, a lot of that is VFX flexing, you know, sort of showing that you can, you know, create these. But there's also a the why behind that is we're introducing a new dinosaur here. Right. And we're, we're taking that whole concept of beauty versus terror and putting them together. And so it sets up this beautiful, agile creature with feathers, this beautiful plumage, <laughs> Right, Bloomage um, don't enter into it. Right. So, you know, um, and and then this this horrifying sequence of it's heard her, it can smell her, it's right. looking for her. Um, but also so there's a there's
1: a progression here of uh, of of sort of adapting to the discoveries that have been made since the first yeah, exactly. two Jurassic Park movies or three, and uh, and and then sort of adding in those discoveries. The dinosaurs that, had feathers. Yeah, the dinosaurs had feathers, or the way that they moved, or the colours that did they you, were. Did you know
0: what their their excuse was for that? Like how how now dinosaurs have have feathers in the movies, and that they didn't in the it was I read somewhere I could be talking out my bum hole, but um the, sorry sphincter, but in in um. They were saying that in the original one, Hammond and his team were imperfectly, um, you know, engineering the dinosaur DNA stream into what, you know, the dinosaurs were, and that now the technology is so good that they can get very close to what dinosaurs actually look like, which involves feathers. Right. Okay. It's an in world excuse. It works very well. Works for
1: me. Works for me. Yeah.
0: I want to wrap up the the whole VFX thing. Go for it. Um, So, uh, yeah, just roll that outro jingle. Uhhhhhhhhh! Uhhhhhh! Uh. So that was
1: our look at uh, the Jurassic Park franchise.
0: Yeah, um, I thought that was quite epic. That was That's
2: quite good. good.
1: That was quite yeah. good, and, and I think we—I don't think we did it in two hours like we did the Batman one.
0: No. Yeah. So people won't fall asleep. Yes. Or they might.
1: Or they might. If if you use this podcast to fall asleep, um, then I, I'm luck. fine with I'm fine with that. At least yeah. you're listening. I mean, yeah. it still registers as a download. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, review, rate, all that stuff. Bam,
0: bam, bam. Bam, yeah, you don't have to bam, do that. I'm gonna bam, actually put the. Dun, 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 dun. Bam, bam, yeah, yeah. Alright. Bye bye. Okay, bye. What's our
2: seat
0: number?